Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Oh, 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 sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Were you there when he rose up from the Thank you very much, Jay, for that music and for preparing our hearts for these moments of worship. One of my best friends in all the world said to me a few minutes ago that, it, that he heard who was preaching today and started not to come. And I said, yeah, I heard who was preaching today and I started not to come. <laughs> I am uh, indeed honored to be here with you. Uh, this afternoon and appreciate you being here uh, we as Harvey said we are serving Peggy and I are serving the uh, Bellevue United Methodist Church a fine group of people uh, they will be receiving their new minister on the first Sunday in July and my uh, job there will be done uh, I don't is anybody here from Bellevue I don't see anybody good I can preach the same sermon tonight Please do not call them and tell them it's not worth coming. The text this morning is taken from the 13th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John, beginning with the first verse. 
Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during the supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he washed their feet, he put on his robe and he returned to the table. He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. Though if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their masters, nor are messengers greater than the ones who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. And then beginning with the 31st verse. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me... And as I have said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you, not, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. The word of God for the people of God. It was the last week that uh, Peggy and I would be living in Aniana serving uh, Lester Memorial United Methodist Church. We were uh, being moved to St. Mark's United Methodist Church in Vestavia Hills. And so that last week, a friend, a neighbor, a good church member called us up and said, hey, we're going to have a, a cookout and, uh, and as a kind of a farewell uh, event for you and Peggy and want you to come to our house. And so it was said, and we came, and there was quite a number of people who, uh, who were there. And uh, we enjoyed the, the barbecue, the meal that had been prepared for us. And then, as we sat around the pool, talking later that evening, just before we knew it was about time to go home, Burke Goodwin, who was a retired United Methodist minister that all is known throughout the conference, came up to me and he said, uh, Ken and Peggy, uh, we, we have thought 
about how we can show you the depth of our love for you, how much we, we love you. And uh, we have come up with this. And uh, then they brought out two basins and filled them with water. And everyone there, young and old, came by and washed our feet. You know, we Methodists don't, uh, don't wash people's feet very often. But that was quite a, a moving experience. That was an experience that, uh, that, that was humbling. And you knew that they had to love you a great deal to do that for you. And so Jesus had such love for his disciples on that Monday, Thursday, many years ago. He had that love and was willing to, to humble himself to be their, their servant, to wash their feet. You know, we say that love is at the center of the Christian faith. And on one hand, I believe that's true. I mean, all of us know that God so loved the world. But what's at, our, at the center of our faith? What, what is it about our faith that, uh, that uh, moves us Maybe it's uh, law rather than gospel. Or maybe it's justice rather than grace. Or maybe it's knowledge more than it is commitment. Maybe it's doing the will of God only as we understand it and no one else. What is at the center of our Christian faith? And another question is, uh, if, we, if we know and believe that love is it, at the center of the faith, then uh, why is it so hard for us to love one another? Why do we have the hardest time loving each other? we love only those that think like we do, dress like we do, have social status as, such as ours? What is it that is so hard for us to love one another, particularly those that are different, those that are not as, as wealthy or well-dressed or as well-educated? Why is it so hard to love those third question is when we realize that someone loves us accepts us for who we are valued and honored and even cherished what is that like doesn't that touch us at the very depth of our soul and move us doesn't that speak to our need not only to receive that love, but also to share that kind of love with others? You know, it's the third question that I want to come back to the text on. It's, it's easy. It's easy to forget that we're in this story. We're in the story of, of Christ's life and ministry and death and resurrection. 
I remember going to the University of Chicago to study under a homiletician by the name of Don Wardlaw, and he said, whenever you read the scripture, you are there somewhere, find your place, find out who you are. But remember, I think he was looking at me when he said this, you're never Jesus, but you're in the story. The story's about you. It's your story. Are we one of the disciples who fled in the darkness of life, of night because we were afraid? Were we like Peter who, who stood and denied that he was our Lord, that we even knew him? Or maybe we were in the cohort that came from the temple to arrest him. Or we were in the crowd that called out, crucify him. Or we stood along the way as he struggled with his cross through the streets of Jerusalem, laughing and jeering. Maybe we stood at the foot of the cross just out of curiosity, wondering indeed who this man was. We're in the story. It's our story. Here we are, 20 centuries later, in this place, on this Maundy Thursday, in Holy Week. And we hear Jesus on this Maundy Thursday that we remember from long ago, with his disciples in his final hours of life. saying, just as I have loved you, so you should love one another. Now, it's okay for us to say, yeah, let's love one another. I mean, we can do that in kind of a form, fuzzy way around a campfire singing Kumbaya. But this is not the kind of love that Jesus has for us. It's warm and fuzzy and, and makes us feel good. Jesus wants us to love him just as he loves us. Wow! It takes our breath away. You see, the love that he had is the willingness to humble himself to do for others what they could not normally do for themselves. And he calls us to that kind of love. It's, it's, it's the decision to give ourselves away for the sake of one another. It's the commitment that our lives are to be lived not just for ourselves, but for the benefit of one another. It's a love that is incredibly difficult. It's the ultimate tough love. The love that Jesus modeled for us is the love that is willing to do whatever it takes to meet the needs of one another. It's a love that leads us to make sacrifices for one another, even when it's unconventional, inconvenient, or even uncomfortable. love that Jesus has 
It's always been a tough love. We just want to sweeten it down a little bit to make it a little easier, a little more bearable. Have you heard the words, just as I have loved you, now go and love one another. That's just not a command, that's a challenge. That's a challenge that will change our lives. You know, and this occurred just hours before Jesus will be handed over, tried, beaten, and crucified for us all. Not as a payment against some wicked debt God owes against us. Not to make a just and angry God to be satisfied and happy. Not to enter a just, uh, not because uh, this is the only way to satisfy God's wrath and make it possible for God to forgive us. You know why Jesus went to the cross? He goes to the cross to show us just how much God loves us. That's a tough way to do it, isn't it? To give all that you have, every ounce of your energy, every cell in your body, everything that you are, just to show us how much God loves us. Jesus has been extending God's love and, and forgiveness throughout his life. And now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had, become, had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He's reminding us of how much he loves us and, and how much God loved and loves us through him that we might be empowered then to love one another that way. What is the best way that the world can know the might and power of the church? If we love one another. writer was sitting on the porch one day having his devotion and it was on the topic of love God's love and he was sitting there and then from down the street came a, a snotty nose rude arrogant little boy the bully of the neighborhood and as he walks by the porch where this individual is sitting the, the bully turns to him and, and uh, makes an obscene gesture and laughs and walks on. And the rider is thinking, you know, what if a truck came barreling down the street as this little boy was crossing? Now, if that child in the street in front of that truck was one of my children or one of my grandchildren, I have no doubt that I would lay myself out before that truck trying to save the life of that child. I would offer my own. But the question is, would I do the same for this snotty-nosed, rude, arrogant little kid?
Jesus did. Jesus did. Jesus said, I want you to love people the same way I love you. May God give us strength and courage. May God remind us that we are forgiven so that we can stand straight and tall knowing that we belong to God and that there's nothing in this world that we can do to make God love us less and there's nothing in this world to make God love us more. There is power. There is power in God's love as he continues to work in this world in your life, in my life. And all I can say is thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for sharing your love with us. And I want to close with one final sentence, and I want your undivided attention. And I want you to understand that what I'm about to say covers the past, the present, and the future. I want you to know that it's not only uh, about me, but it is about every individual that you meet and have met. I want your undivided attention. I want you to listen very closely to this final sentence. Followers of Jesus, thank you for sharing his love. Amen.